Oh, come on. You could do better than that. Praise the Lord, everybody. The name of our God is worthy to be praised. David said it like this, from the rising of the sun to the going down of the same. The name of our God is worthy to be praised. Has God been good to you? Maybe I'm the only one. Has God been good to you? Make some noise and change church this morning. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, it is good to be with you this morning. You might be seated in the presence of the Lord. Good morning, everybody. Amen. I am so excited about being with you this morning. It's good to be in the house. Somebody say it's good to be in the house. And so I'm excited to have the opportunity to preach and teach and to share the gospel with you this morning. I want to first uh, take a moment to give honor to your illustrious pastors. Can you make some noise for pastors Darius and Shamika Daniels? Oh yeah. Somebody say, I love my pastor. Amen. We celebrate them and the gift that they are, not only to this house, but to the body of Christ at large. We celebrate them and their cutting edge, innovative, relevant approach to ministry. And they are an example and an inspiration to many. And we certainly celebrate God for the gift that they are. And then we celebrate this incredible A-team. Let's give it up for the A-team. <clears throat> For the people that make ministry happen behind the scenes, those that are in the parking lot, those that are in youth ministries, those that are behind the camera, those that are working online, we celebrate you because you all play a critical part in making ministry happen. Amen. And I didn't come alone today. My beautiful wife is here. Would you give God praise for my wife, Doreen? My daughter, Autumn. Hey! And I got some other family and friends that are here, and I am, just in case y'all got kind of quiet, I brought my own amen corner. Yeah, yeah. But I hear that y'all are talk back church. So you have a talk back church this morning. All right. All right, let's get into the word of the Lord, uh, because there is a word from God. My text today will be found in 2 Kings chapter 4. I'm going to read from verse 1 down through verse 7. That is 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 1 through 7. And I'm reading out of the message translation. And it reads like this. Now one of the wives of a man of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha for help, saying, your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that your servant reverently feared the Lord, but the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slaves in payment for a loan. Elisha said to her, what shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have of value in the house? She said, your maidservant has nothing in the house except a small jar of olive oil. Then he said, go borrow containers from all your neighbors, empty containers and not just a few. Then you shall go in and shut the door behind you and your sons and pour out the oil you have into these containers. And you shall set aside each one of them when it is full. So she left him and she shut the door behind her and her sons. 
they were bringing her containers as she poured the oil. When the containers were all full, she said to her son, bring me another container. And he said to her, there is not a one left. Then the oil stopped multiplying. Then she came and told the man of God, he said, go sell the oil and pay your debt and you and your sons can live on the rest. I want to use for a subject for the sermon today, what you have is enough. Look at your neighbor and say, what you have is enough. Father, bless us now in Jesus' name, amen. I want to start this message with a principle that is un imperative for us to understand, and that is that God is the master of creativity. He has this uncanny way of taking things which are seemingly obscure and insignificant and using them for his glory. You might remember when Jesus is preaching to the multitude and he was preaching so long that the people got hungry and Uber Eats wasn't available. So he says to his disciples, what do you guys have? And so they said, look, God, we're coming up. Look, Jesus, we're coming up empty. But there is a little boy that has a lunch. He has two fish and five loaves. And so Jesus miraculously takes this little boy's lunch and he feeds 5,000 men, not to include women and children. Or you might recount when the blind man comes to Jesus for healing and Jesus uses an unorthodox method. He spits in the ground and makes clay and puts the clay on the man's eyes and then tells him to go and, and to wash in the pool. And when he washes in the pool, his sight is restored. God is the master of creativity. And mothers are a lot like God. Sometimes a, a, a little kid will go into the refrigerator and say, Mama, I'm hungry and there's nothing in here to eat. Mama will come in, get up, come in the kitchen, scoot the kid out the way, and begin to work her magic. And before you know it, the whole house has the aroma of a gourmet restaurant. Because mama has gone in and used leftovers. Y'all don't, don't know nothing about leftovers. Use leftovers to make an amazing meal. She was able to use what she had to provide for her family. And God does the same thing regarding us. And my prayer today is that God would anoint us with divine creativity. In our text today, we find a widow who is left destitute after the death of her husband. The creditor is pressing her about a debt that her husband owed. And in biblical times, a creditor could come and have your children work off a debt that was unpaid. So this woman, number one, is grieving over the loss of her husband. Number two, she's about to lose her two boys. Uh, number three, she, she's drowning in financial debt. And then finally, she's going to be left all alone with no one to protect or to provide for her. What a dilemma. And if we are honest, I know we look real good in church, but if we're really honest, we must all admit that there are some times in life that we can be dealt a blow that leaves your head spinning. Am I the only one that's been in that situation? 
and it is okay to take a moment to gather yourself, but you can't stay there. And, and what I love about this widow is she didn't go to the internet to post on Facebook what was going on. She didn't even call her girlfriend and say, girl, guess what just happened to me? But she went to the man of God and she says to the man of God, my husband is dead and the creditor is coming to take my boys. It is interesting to note that this man of God, this faithful man of God dies in debt. Hmm. Do you not realize that you can be faithful to God? that you can serve in ministry, that you can preach the gospel, that you can sing on the worship team and still die and leave your family in debt. That that's why it is imperative that we not only teach the people of God to tithe, but that we also teach the people of God how to manage the 90 that's left over. Like buying life insurance writing a will, finding an executor so that we not scrapping and fighting over the money that you leave when you're gone. And, and let me say this, being a member of a local church does not come with a burial policy. Because I, I know some of y'all feel that the church is supposed to be responsible for burying you and your loved ones, but no, you have a responsibility to take care of your business. I wonder, are you going to pray with me? So there are several things that I think that we can glean from this woman's interaction with the prophet Elisha. The first point is this, check your perspective. Elisha asked her, what do you have in your house? And her reply was, I have nothing but a small jar of oil. In other words, she was saying, I only have a jar of oil. And what he was asking her in essence was, what's your mindset about your situation? Her reply indicated that despite her having a jar, which she did have, that she was centered around a perceived lack. She was possessed by fear and thus had cut herself off from God's divine flow. She had a jar of oil, but to her, it was only a jar. It was substance, but to her, it was a symbol of lack. She was plagued with a problem that I call onlyness. You, 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 you know what onlyness is. Onlyness is when somebody asks you, hey girl, how much do you make? And you say, I only make X amount of dollars. Or when someone says, hey bruh, there's this opening at my job. I think that it would be a perfect fit for you. And you say, well, I only have an associate's degree. In other words, regardless of what you do have, your thoughts and your words are centered around a subconscious fear that what you have is not enough. And whatever you have in your house, let it not be identified by only. The Bible says, like, says it like this, the Father has given us all that pertains to life and to godliness. I, I, I need to give you a major key. Can I give you a major key? All right, the major key is this. Oftentimes, when God wants to bless you, he doesn't bless you with fruit. He blesses you with seed. Y'all not liking my message already? When God wants to bless you, 
He blesses you with seed, not fruit. And so many of us are looking for fruit. Many of us are looking in the mailbox for this random check. We're waiting for an inheritance. We're waiting for some type of settlement. And God is saying, so what happened to that play? That book, that, that manuscript, that invention that I put on the inside of you because if you work to see, you'll have fruit for the rest of your life. When God wants to bless you, he blesses you with seed. Amazon was a seed in the mind of Jeff Bezos in his garage. And now he's worth over $100 billion. The color purple was a seed in the mind of Alice Walker and has gone on to be a bestseller, going on to be a Broadway show, and, and it's even going on not only to be a show and a, a television show and all of these incredible things. Why? Because it was a seed that Alice Walker worked. Spanx. Oh God, I think I, Emmanuel, get the car. You got the car ready? Because I'm gonna have to run out of here. Spanx was a seed, oh God, in the mind of Sarah Blakely and now half the people in this room are wearing one today. I told you, Manny, I lost them. I lost half the audience. But it started as a seed. Let me get more spiritual. Change church. 17 years ago was a seed in a heart of a man named Dr. Darius Daniels. But when you look at it now, it's having global impact. Somebody say, work your seed. But it's important for you to know, I'm not just talking about money. I'm talking about the gift of God inside you, your anointing, your creative flow, that new idea, that spiritual power by which you can do all that you want and need to do. Hear me change church. If you want to change your life, you must first alter your thoughts around your perspective about your situation. Point number two, expand your possibilities. Now Elisha instructed the widow to go to all her neighbors and gather additional containers. But the prophet was so wise, he said when you get the containers and get back to the crib, close the door behind you. He said shut the door. In other words, close the door so that you're not influenced by other people trying to look into your house and see what you're doing. Hear me, people of God. Sometimes you have to pull away from the noise in order to do what God said. And too many of us, we leave the door open. We leave the door open to too many opinions. We leave the door open to too many outside influences. We leave the door open to too many questions. Well, girl, what color container did he say? Well, what size? Did he say small or extra? Because, you know, I only have medium. So if you need extra large, girl, I can't help you. Go to all your neighbors. See, I don't like, I don't like asking people for stuff. You know, because my mama, my mama raised me not to ask nobody for stuff. So, I mean, you could do it if you want to. But if it was me, I would, because then people want to know your business, girl. I wouldn't be asking people for stuff. Somebody say, shut the door. Shut the door and do what God said. 
So when her and her sons went out and borrowed additional containers, it meant that she had to broaden, hear me, what she believed was possible because there is no need to gather what you don't believe God could fill. She poured the oil from her one jar into the new containers and the oil continued to flow until every last container was filled. See, God has a ceaseless flow of substance that no matter what the extent of your need, God can easily supply it. But there is one thing that God can't supply and that's lack because lack is a state of mind. However, when she expanded her faith by providing additional containers, her lack became a legitimate need which he instantly and abundantly filled. Point number three, pursue in faith. The prophet said, go to all your neighbors and borrow empty containers. Go to all of your neighbors and borrow empty containers. See, that's why you got to be nice to everybody. Lord, have mercy. See, I know some of y'all, y'all act shady to one group of people, and then you hugging and kissing another group of people. But I'm telling you, we are entering a season where you don't know who God is going to use to help get you your increase. Nudge your neighbor and say, you better be nice to me. You might need me one day. You don't know who God is going to use to get you your miracle. Say, go to all your neighbors. And then he said, when you go to your neighbors, don't ask, he didn't tell them to ask for money. He didn't even tell her to go online and start a GoFundMe campaign. Oh, you know the, son, the saints love a good GoFundMe campaign. But the man of God perceived that her miracle wasn't around her, but that the whole time her miracle was inside of her. Somebody holler, my miracle is in my house. God miraculously took what she had and expanded it enough to fill every container that was in the house. See, that small jar, which seemed insignificant, was a lot more valuable than she ever imagined. And I know I'm about to date myself when I say this, but, but back in the day, there was a gospel singer called Danny Bell Hall. I know y'all don't know about Danny Bell Hall, but she had a hit song called Ordinary People. And the hook on the song says, little becomes much when you place it in the master's hands. See, the thing that she needed was in her house the whole time. And so it is for many of us. The thing that we're begging God for, praying to God for, fasting and believing God for is already in our house. You mean to tell me, Dr. Ellis, that the thing I've been minimizing, the thing I've overlooked could be the thing that God uses to place me on a national platform, to launch me into a different tax bracket, to, to liberate other people across this world who are broken in spirit. That's exactly what I'm saying. I come to tell you today that your miracle is in your house. But it's important for you to understand who you are and what you have. See, people will always attempt to put limitations on you. But it is not what people say about you that matters. It's about what you believe. See, there's a whole lot of water on the sea, 
but the ship doesn't go down until the water gets inside the ship. So other people's opinion are their business and not yours. So the prophet comes and the prophet says, the prophet says, go sell the oil, pay your debt, and you and your boys gonna live on the rest. The prophet said, sell the oil, pay your debt, and you and your sons are gonna live on the rest. Let me say it for the people in the back. He said, sell, pay, and live. Y'all not a talk back church. Let me go over here and see if I can find somebody that's gonna talk back to me. The prophet said, sell, pay, and live. He said, sell the oil. In other words, there is a market for the oil that's in your house. Oh God. I got on sneakers so I could run low. There is a market for the oil that's in your house. He said, sell it. And when you sell it, it's going to bring increase to your house. Hear me, change church and change church global. There is an oil that God has placed on the inside of you that the world is waiting for. There is a grace, a gifting, and an anointing, a talent, and an ability that's already in your house, but it's time for you to sell the oil. Listen to this. I'm, I'm the style guy, right? So, so a bride-to-be would come to me and say, Dr. Ellis, I'm getting married in six months, and you know, I want to make sure that my, my fiancé is looking uh, amazing on the day of our wedding. Can you style him for the wedding? Um, a mother would come to me and say, Dr. Ellis, my son is going to the prom, and I, he's been doing really good in school. I want him to look amazing. Can, can you style him for, for, the, um, for the prom? Absolutely. Hey, listen, Dr. Ellis, I just got my income tax check and I really want to elevate my image. Can you help me with that? I said, absolutely, no problem. And I went to the gas station one day, it was years ago. And I remember going to the gas station and I told that man, I rolled down my window, I'll never forget it. And I said, can you give me $2 worth of gas? He said, how much? I said, two, yeah. I'm, $2. Now you're going to make me repeat it. I already tried to say it low. Now you're going to ask me a second time. And you know, other people have their windows down, so I'm trying to say it low. So it's. So I said, yes, sir, give me, give me $2. Right? So he pumps the gas and came back real quick because it don't take too long because it was just $2. And so he comes back and he goes to, he goes to grab my, my money and leave. I said, oh, no, wait, wait, you got to come because at that time I didn't even have cash. I had change. I didn't even have eight quarters. I had brownies. I had, I had some dimes and some nickels and some pennies. And I was like, here, bro. And when I tell you I was so crushed and humiliated in that moment, and as I drove away from that gas station, I said, boy, you too talented to ever be this broke again. But I didn't realize that people were getting paid a whole lot of money for doing what I've been doing for free. I had increase in my house the whole time and didn't realize it because I was giving away the oil. 
And for some of you, God brought me here today to say, stop giving away your, stop giving away your oil. You asking people to borrow $20, work your oil. When I ask you what you're doing, you say you brain hair. Okay, cool. With a cell of oil. Stop doing it for free. And I know that many of us, we want to be philanthropic and we want to give and donate and all of that is fine. But you could do a whole lot more of that once you sell. I, I'm in the book. Am I in the book or not? The, I didn't say it. The prophet said, sell the oil. But listen, in order for you to sell the oil, you got to put the oil in the container. In other words, you've got to create a vehicle by which to, oh, I got to hope you're getting this, a vehicle by which to distribute your oil to the marketplace. How you working your oil and you don't even have an LLC? You need a container for your oil. Oh! You need a container. Because if you're going to sell it, you just can't just pour it in somebody's hands. You need a container in order for you to sell oil. Somebody holler, sell the oil. Then the next thing he says, he says, pay your debt. In other words, when you sell your oil, it's not going to be enough for you to get a little dress. We ain't talking about no flat screen for your second bedroom. Somebody say, this is big. Because if you're talking about paying my debt, you talk about student loans, you talk about my mortgage, you talking about medical bills, you talk about paying my rent, somebody holler, this is big. Prophet says, sell the oil, pay your debt, as if that wasn't enough. Then he goes on to say, you and your sons, oh, he's so cold with it, you and your sons are going to live on the rest. You mean not only is the abundance coming to cause me to be debt free, but now me and my family are going to be able to live on the rest. So now we went from debt free to generational wealth. I hope you're getting what I'm saying. Prophet said that you are going to be able to live on the rest, that your children will be blessed because you sold the oil. And hear me, God sent me here prophetically today because I don't know if you're watching the trends, but they're talking about this pending recession that's coming. Some, some advisors say that it's coming. There are others that say it's already here. But I don't know if, if, if you're like me. I'm saying I'm not participating in your recession. But I tell you what, God's given us the answer today. If you're not going to participate in this recession, you better check your house, sell your oil, pay your debt and live on the rest. And listen, saints, I'm a church baby. I've been in church all my life. I've heard this text preached a hundred times. But they always highlight that the miracle was the fact that every jar got filled with oil. But you know what? I saw something different in the text that I believe was the real, real miracle. And that was this. The, the, the prophet says to her, don't just gather a few. 
In other words, he was saying, I'm going to fill as many as you have the faith to gather. Oh, God. Let's just use a random number. Let's just say they brought 50 to the house. The same God that filled the 50 could have filled 50 more had they brought 100 to the crib the first time. Are you saying that I get to determine the magnitude of my miracle? That's exactly what I'm saying. It's not whether can God do it, it's what do you have the faith to believe for him to do? It is according to your faith, be it unto you. What is the capacity of your faith? Hear me, if you believe small, you'll receive small. But if you, be if you believe big, you'll receive big. And I know, I know some of y'all getting kind of tight on me. I, I see you getting tight. I feel a tight spirit loose here. I know some of y'all are saying, well, 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 Dr. Ellis, I hear what you're saying, but I, you know, uh, I, I don't need all that. It don't, it don't take much for me. Any way you bless me, Lord, I'll be satisfied. And, and if that's your testimony, God bless you. But I believe that there's a remnant of people in Change Church and in Change Global that say, God, you can trust me with overflow. Somebody holler overflow. <laughs> Woo! God, you can trust me with overflow. Watch this, because I want to move from being an intercessor to being an answer. Oh, God. The first time I heard PD say that, I almost fell out of my chair. God wants to move you from being an intercessor to being somebody's answer. Instead of you always, oh God, please help me to pay my rent. Oh, sweet baby Jesus, help me to pay my car. No, no, I want to be moved over here that I'm somebody's answer. Hey man, why aren't you in school? Oh, well, with Dr. Ellis, I didn't have the money for that last semester to finish my degree at Howard University. How, how much is it? Okay, cool. Give me the contact information for the Bursar's office. I'm going to settle it for you on Monday. I want to be somebody's answer. Somebody holler, God, make me an answer. God, make me an answer so that we don't have to tie up heaven with things that we can handle out. Oh, God. Things that we're bombarding heaven, we fasted and praying and, and foaming at the mouth, we can sell it because God wants to make you an answer. And listen, let me say this, this ain't about ego. We ain't talking about stunting for the gram. We talking about God positioning you with overflow so that you're in the position to be an answer. Somebody holler, God make me an answer. I believe in the power of prayer, but come on, baby. It's time for us to mature in the things of God. We're not, we not beggars. We're not servants now. God calls us friend. Come on, stand up. Square your shoulders. And we're going to handle our business because God's called us to be an answer. See, the prophet saw more in the woman than she saw in herself. And that's why it's so critical that you are under good leadership. Because sometimes God will use a leader to see something in you that you can't even recognize yourself. 
And I don't care if you have 20-20 vision. There are still parts of you you can't see without a mirror or somebody else looking. Brothers, that's why your wife is always, babe, how, how I look in this dress? How, what you, babe, babe, what you think? Why? Because as bad as your wife is, she has blind spots. We all do. That's why God has called us to community. That's why this isolationism is of the devil. God has called for us to be interdependent. Why? Because there are things in me I can't see that somebody else can recognize. So when you talk about, I don't do people. See, that's why I don't even fool with them church folk. That's why I don't even go. That's why I come and get the word, I sit in the back, and then I dip out. That's why I watch in line, because I don't even want to be bothered with them. And I come and tell you that the enemy is tricking you. You've been hoodwinked, bamboozled, run amok. Hmm? Why? Because the enemy is making you feel that you don't need people. And what I'm saying is even with the best eyesight, you still can't see the back of your head. Somebody say, we need each other. We need each other. And I know that there are some people that have made you feel that who you are and what you have is not enough. But that is a big lie. It's a big lie. As a musician plays something softly, I know some of you say, well, Dr. Ellis, that's easy for you to say, but you don't know what I've lost. And sometimes it's hard seeing value after a big loss. This woman was on the brink of losing everything she had. And I know sometimes we feel like, man, after that divorce, after the loss of that job, after the loss of my esteem. After the loss of my self-worth, it's real hard to see value in what I have left. And I'll come to tell you, I'm not preaching what I read in a book, I'm preaching what I've lived. I've been in situations where I've had loss that almost crippled me, lost that, that made me feel that I would never fulfill the call of God and the purpose of God upon my life, that my life was over. But I stand before you today as a living testimony that what you have is enough. And I don't care if you hit rock bottom or not, the Bible says that we have this treasure in an earthen vessel, that there is something that God put on the inside of you that's more than enough. So you can't give up. You can't throw in a towel. What she did had implications directly on her kids. Your kids are watching you. They're watching how you respond to adversity. They're watching how you handle pressure. But hear me today, what you have is enough. So today I want to encourage you to look within your house. 
Stop looking outside your house, around. Stop looking to your job. Stop looking to other relationships. Stop looking to other people and go within. Because God's deposited something absolutely incredible in your life. And let me say this, what your oil is different than somebody else's oil. And that's the problem with social media. We're so busy comparing your oil to somebody else's oil. And, and your oil might not look like theirs. And they might have more oil than you have. But you got something. If we would turn our focus inward, we would see the value in what we had. And when you go to sell the oil, it's going to be enough to pay your debt. Not only are you going to be debt free, but it's going to usher you into a place of generational wealth. If you receive this word, somebody give God some praise. Come on. Come on. Come on. Say, God, I receive this. I receive it. 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 I, I just want to pray for you, and then I'm going to take my seat. I just want to pray. If you say, Dr. Ellis, sir, I don't know where you came from, but this word was for me today. Come on, if that was you, okay. Okay. All right, great. So with your hands lifted to God, let me pray. Kind Father, thank you for placing in us a great treasure in this earthen vessel. Father, I thank you for these, your people that have weathered the storm of loss. And today we're still standing. I mean, some of us might be bent over and we're, we're rocking and we're reeling, but we're here. And so Father, even after loss, I pray that you would anoint the eyes of everyone on, under the sound of my voice in this room and even online that they would begin to see the oil that's on the inside of their house. Father, I pray that you would bless them to a degree. Father, that increase and abundance would be their portion. We rebuke lack and we rebuke poverty and scarcity. But Father, we declare that this will be a re recession-proof season in the lives of the people of God. Father, I thank you that you're going to bring increase from the north, the south, the east, and the west. That you are going to bless the work of their hands. Prosper them, give them the wisdom, the courage, and the boldness to work the oil that you've placed inside of their houses. And Father, I pray that what we do as adults would have a positive implication on our children and our children's children. Let there be an inheritance stored up for our seed because we're working the oil that's on the inside of our houses. Bless your people. Keep your people. Cause your grace and favor to shine upon your people is my prayer today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Put your hands together and give God praise if you know that what you have is enough. God bless you.